0: theories of the third kind
1: Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron and I'm one of your hosts. There are two other hosts that are joining me today, of course. Danielson, yo guys, and Anna.
2: Hello my friends.
1: So before we start today's episode, I just want to say, like always, we do not run any ads on the show or take any money from any corporations. So if you'd like to help us out, then there's a few ways that you can do that.
3: One of the ways is Patreon. For only $5 a month, which is 16 cents a day, you can sign up to our Patreon and get an extra episode each week. These Patreon episodes are exclusive to members only. Today, we released a Patreon exclusive episode over Disney Darkness in which we cover some subliminal messages in Disney movies, Walt Disney's ties with the CIA, FBI, and Freemasons, as well as pedophile accusations against Walt Disney, and then a direct link from Disney to Jeffrey Epstein himself, and a whole lot more in that episode. Also, we have several more episodes already locked and loaded for your listening pleasure, such as Isaac Cappy, McMartin's Satanic Preschool, Clinton Body Count, FEMA, and much more which you get access to, all of it, just for five bucks a month.
2: Another way to support the show is through merchandise. Just teleport on over to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click on the shop button. Then you can see all the merchandise we have for sale. T-shirt, hats, all that good stuff. I just wanted to say that the money we get from Patreon and merchandise goes to bettering the show. Also, I know things are tough out there right now, so if you can't afford a shirt or a Patreon membership, But you want to help us out, then just leave us a written review on iTunes. That really does help us out a ton.
1: If you don't want to leave one, though, that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. Also, one last thing. If you would like to reach out to us, then you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Or you can go to our website, TheoriesOfTheThirdKind.com, and click on the contact button, and there you will find our email addresses. Also, on our site, you can click the voicemail button and leave us a voicemail anonymously with your phone, and we will play it at the end of the show each week. So today's episode is Pizzagate. How today's episode will go is that we will first cover what is Pizzagate, and then go into the leaked emails, the findings in the emails, and then transition over into James Alifantes and Comet Ping Pong and cover some stuff about him. And then we dive into the spirit cooking with Maria Abramovich. Then we transition into John and Tony Podesta and some weird stuff we found out about them. And then we go into strange facts and findings and of course wrap it all up with our thoughts and theories. So with that being said, let's start Today's episode. Anna, what is Pizzagate?
2: Well, back in 2016, a large amount of political figures had their emails leaked. In them, you could find cryptic messages such as satanic occult rituals, murders, bribing, and child sex trafficking. This started a giant movement of individuals digging into these leaked emails and making connections with. Some very odd things. So, to fully understand this Pizzagate, we have to start from the beginning, from the leaked emails.
3: So, in March of 2016, an individual named John Podesta had his personal Gmail account hacked. Now, who is John Podesta, you are wondering? John Podesta is a politician from 1993 to 1995. He served in the Clinton administration as the White House staff secretary for. From 1998 to 2001, he served as White House Chief of Staff to President Bill Clinton. From 2014 to 2015, served as the counselor to President Barack Obama. He was chairman of Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign. And he's also the former president and now chair and counselor of the Center for American Progress, a think tank in Washington, D.C. That means everywhere. Yeah, he is. So, like we said, he's a politician. He has been around some of the most powerful and important people in the world for most of his life. Alright, now that we know who he is, we kind of see how it was a big deal that his personal Gmail account was hacked in 2016. Those hacked emails were then obtained by a company named WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks is a very reputable international nonprofit organization that publishes new leaks. They acquired these emails, verified that they were unaltered, and then published them for all to see. And at the time, people really didn't care to see John Podesta's emails. All the emails did was shed light on the inner workings of the Clinton campaign. Well, that was until someone noticed something interesting in Podesta's emails, which now we will get into what those emails contained.
1: So someone noticed that John Podesta had gotten emails from political figures and had sent emails to political figures that made bizarre references to food. So for example, one such email discussed a handkerchief that John Podesta left behind at a friend's house. The handkerchief was described as having a, quote, map that seems pizza related, end quote, which was bizarre, because it seemed like they were talking in code. So, A lot of people online started doing, like, their own personal investigation into these emails since they had access to them. And individuals started making connections. These bizarre food references were commonly used code phrases among pedophiles. Right now, it seems kind of out there, right? If this is your first time hearing this, you're like, what? Politicians using code phrases in emails? to, you know, trade kids or do sex trafficking or something like that. But just wait until we start reading these out and you'll know what we're talking about. So, uh here's some other emails that reference these strange things. Anna, do you want to read one off for us?
2: John Podesta received an email from Tam lozato a congressional staffer for Clinton, saying that children of ages 11, 9, and 7 will be, quote, in the pool for further entertainment, and stating that the children, quote, will definitely be in the pool.
1: That's, (sighs) that is so weird to say that.
2: I would get it if you're like, "Um, yes, we'll definitely be swimming. Be sure to bring bathing suits. That would make more sense if you're just trying to make sure someone's prepared for the party they're going to.
1: But to say that the children, 11, 9, and 7, will be in the pool for further entertainment. Yeah. What is that further entertainment going to be? See, that's where it's it's weird. And it's one after another after another email like this.
2: I don't think they're referring to swimming pool. I think they're talking about that pool that we're going to bring up later. That is definitely not a pool. So this is the pool I think that they're talking about.
1: Oh, I've seen that picture. Oh my God, that's strange.
2: And I saw pictures where the kid, like there was people on the top of that all looking as if they're going to be watching a show.
1: Well, that would match up. Definitely be in the pool for further entertainment. And that is pool tile right there.
2: Yeah, and then the one where the kids it looks like they're on their knees against the wall. There's rope hanging from it, just like you see in the pool.
1: Yeah, it's it's messed up. I agree. All right, Dan, what other what's the next email? Give us another email with some strange stuff in it.
3: Alright. Another email, a friend complained that Podesta had changed, end quote, strategies that have long been in place, end quote. And remarked that Podesta sent him, quote, cheese instead of pasta, asking if Podesta thought he would do better, quote, playing dominoes on cheese than on
1: pasta. Playing dominoes on cheese than on pasta. See, we know that this, for a fact, is some type of code word. That makes zero sense. Right. But we don't know what it's code for. We assume it's for children. But we'll get to that during, you know, speculation and theories. So we're just presenting these emails to you guys and you keep it back in the back of your head as we further go along this weird coincidence stuff. So another email that was discussed was from Tony Podesta, who is John Podesta's brother and is one of the most powerful lobbyists in Washington. He sent an email to his brother, John Podesta. That had a title that said last night was fun. The email read simply still in the torture chamber. That's it. Hmm.
2: Do you think that they're saying that they left the kid in the torture chamber for someone else to clean up or deal with?
3: I think that's more in the lines of that it was
1: so much fun that he still feels like he's in the torture chamber still. I don't know. It's. It's weird. All these emails are weird.
2: I mean, throughout these emails, there's so many of the words that are repeating that are super weird. There are a few reoccurring individuals and places. One of them is James Aliphantus and Comet Ping Pong. His name came up a lot for this, of course, of course.
1: Yeah. So the people that were investigating this, and when I say people, it wasn't officials. It was a... Uh, basically an internet form of individuals. They got together and started compiling all this research of these emails and reoccurring, like Anna said, was James Elefantes and Comet Ping Pong. So we're going to get into that uh, right now and discuss them. So who is James Elefantes
3: Well, he is the owner of the pizza restaurant called Comet Ping Pong. That's located in Washington, DC. Elefantes is deemed one of the 50 most powerful people of Washington, DC but he is just a pizza shop owner. Now, he does have a romantic partner, who is David Brock. David Brock is the chief of Media Matters, which is a major instrument of the Democratic Party. Brock is also the founder of Correct the Record, a super PAC that supported the Clinton campaign. Which, all this seems normal, right? Well, not so fast. So when looking up James Alifantos, his Instagram profile name is Jimmy Comet which he promotes Comet Ping Pong and his personal life through that Instagram. Which is normal for a business owner to do, but when looking at his profile picture, there was something odd. His profile picture is that of a statue of Antinous. Antinous lived during the Roman Empire and is notorious for being a, and I quote, little boy lover. Antinous is considered the symbol of pederasty, which is the term of a sexual relationship between an adult man and an underage boy. So. That statue of Antinous being the profile picture for Alafantes, who is the owner of Comet Ping Pong, could be a coincidence or considered a bit of a reach if you are talking about pedophilia, but the coincidences don't stop there.
1: There was a lot of weird Instagram posts and comments that people started connecting with Jimmy Comet, which is James Alafantes's, and Comet Ping Pong. And it was very weird. One of them was a picture of what looks like an underground, what would you call that?
2: Honestly, it looks like a walk-in cooler to me.
1: Yeah. And Jimmy Comet, which is James Alifontes under the Comet Ping Pong Instagram, posted that picture. And he put a hashtag murder, which is weird.
2: Yeah, and someone else wrote, just rinse it off when you're done.
1: Yeah, and then another person that's name is working on my night cheese commented, hashtag killroom.
2: And yeah, which... you could go down the rabbit hole of looking that guy up, and there's even yeah. more connections with everything. He is part of their little game.
1: Yeah, there's just a lot of weird posts on his Instagram which he turned private once this stuff started getting out and people started to blow the horn on it but everybody a lot of people caught screenshots of his posts before he went private
2: it wasn't even just on his Instagram it would be what he would post on other people's Instagrams as well people he tagged a person on Instagram called Miss Summer Camp so it looks to be a gentleman with blood on his face dressed in drag and just Looking really weird to me at the camera. So, Jimmy Comet commented one word. Sex.
1: And in the background, there's ping pong tables. Oh, yes. Which they have at Comet Ping Pong, because you go there, you eat pizza, and you play ping pong. There was another post, is a little weird. Picture of a dude holding a penis and it ejaculating uh, slices of pizza. Mm Mm-hmm. It's beautiful out. Come, spelled C-U-M, visit. Why post that?
2: And then he posted a picture of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where it says to check the box of your party, Republican Party, Democratic Party, or Pizza Party. Oh, here's the fun one. Wrote, whip up a Haitian special, extra cheese. Mm. And then the one right underneath, why are they taking a picture of a child? that's propped up on a couple dish racks next to a ping pong table. It looks like they're taking a, a photo that's going to be shown to people. You know, it's not like, oh, the baby's being cute. This is propped up. Raise the baby up to be in the spotlight better.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of weird things. There's one of a little girl who is taped to a table. And it's, uh, it says, new seating area procedure for the youngest guests. It's like, why would you post that picture of a little girl? Like She had to probably be, what, four or five mm-hmm. taped to a table? It's weird.
2: What do you take of this guy who's got a shirt on that says, Je t'aime le, l'enfant, but the it's a heart. And he's next to two what look like strippers. Dude's got his hand... Pu- Punched as if, like, he went to a club. And then Jimmy Comet writes, holidays. And hashtag team, hashtag join.
3: What? Oh, shit.
2: What'd you find?
3: So that shirt that says, dude, that is, the fucking shirt, it says J with a heart, then L LaFont. That's a movie. That's the original name for the movie. The name of the movie now is called The Child. Jimmy loves the child. That's literally what his fucking
1: shirt is saying. There's no way around that.
2: Well, what in French, though, je t'aime.
1: Go to DuckDuckGo right now. I need both of you to go to DuckDuckGo. Okay. Type in English to French. Okay. And then click on that translator. Okay. So it should go to English to French. Mm-hmm. You see it says English. Type mm-hmm. in I love Children. Don't say anything out loud. Just tell me when you got it. From English to French, I love children. That's it. Well, if you go from English, I love children to French, it's Jamie les affantes.
2: You're right. It's it's a play on words. Holy shit.
1: James Elefantes. Jamie les affantes. I wonder if that's his real name. Or if that says he changed his name to Jamie elefantes as like a play on it Ooh, as I love children. Dude, that is weird.
2: That's a really weird coincidence. Yes, when you look at it and read it as we would read it a hundred percent dude, you are not playing Jamie elefantes
3: So me me and Aaron are on the same same way right here, but I came to the conclusion differently.
2: Well, it's still as interesting that there's a movie called The Kid that you found there.
3: Yeah, the child in the original title was Elephant.
2: What's it about?
3: It was made in 2005. Bruno and Sonia, a young couple living off her benefit in the thefts committed by his gang, have a new source of money. Their newborn son. Oh my god. On that walk, Bruno makes the unilateral decision to sell Jimmy to a black market adoption agency. That's literally the fucking storyline. Wow.
2: It's sad.
1: It is, and it only gets worse. So, if you guys want to look at all these Instagram posts, you can't go to Jimmy Comet's uh, Instagram account because it's private. We'll have a link on the website that you can go to, which will take you to all of his Instagram posts, and you can take a look at them and see how weird they are. Um. So, the next thing we're going to talk about is spirit cooking. Let's hop back to the John Podesta emails real quick. So Tony Podesta, which we talked about earlier, which is John Podesta's brother, the one who is the powerful lobbyist, right? Well, on June 28th of 2015, he got an email from a woman named Marina Abramovich. Uh, That email was then forwarded to Podesta. This is what it said. Dear Tony, I am so looking forward to the spirit cooking dinner at my place. Do you think you will be able to let me know if your brother is joining? All my love, Marina. Tony then forwarded that email to his brother John asking, Are you in New York City Thursday, July 9th? Marina wants you to come to dinner. Which, I mean, this seems like a completely normal and uh, not really unsettling email. But when you take a look at what the term spirit cooking is, that changes the email completely. So uh, what is spirit cooking? Who wants to tell us about that?
3: Spirit cooking is a form of occultist ritual where pig's blood, fresh breast milk and fresh sperm is used to act as a medium connecting spirits to the material world.
1: So yeah, that's uh, it. It only gets weirder too when we start watching videos on on spirit cooking. But let's talk about Marina real quick. Uh, Anna, you want to tell us about her?
2: Sure. She's a Serbian conceptual and performance artist. You can call her. She's a philanthropist and a filmmaker. Abramovich is known for her often gory art that confronts pain and ritual. Her first performance involved repeatedly stabbing herself in her hands. The next performance featured her throwing her nails, toenails, and hair into a flaming five-point star, which she eventually jumped inside of, causing her to lose consciousness. During the next, she ingested a medicine to treat people who are catatonic which caused violent muscle spasms. Perhaps most famously, in 1974, Abramovich placed 72 objects on a table, including a rose, a feather, honey, a whip, olive oil, scissors, a scalpel, and a gun and a single bullet. Alongside these items was a sign informing the audience that the items could be used on her in any way that they choose. So for six hours, she remained at the mercy of the audience, allowing them to do as they pleased. During that time, she was stripped, cut, and one audience member even held the gun to her head. What? (laughs)
1: That's intense. That's really intense. So we get an idea of what type of stuff she's into with this performance art, right? But it takes a real weird turn if if it isn't already weird enough. When we start talking about the spirit cooking, that starts going down like the Aleister Crowley route. So I posted a link of a video of her spirit cooking. And I'll have it up on our website for you guys to go look at. And it's a 10-minute video. And it shows her in June of 1997 doing this spirit cooking. And it's pretty disturbing.
2: Yeah, if you have a weak stomach, do not watch it.
1: Yeah. So in this video, within the first, I would say about 48 seconds in, she has taken a bucket of blood and painted on a white wall. Mix fresh breast milk with fresh sperm milk. Drink on earthquake nights. But the cue is a two. Hmm. It's weird. At the forty-eight second mark, you can see what looks like a little child to the left that's in the corner but covered in blood. I, I yeah. it's it's a very disturbing video. I suggest everybody go on and g- go watching this just so you get a kind of feel of what type of person this is. She goes on to paint something on the wall that says fresh morning urine sprinkle over nightmare dreams. And then in the other corner there's another what looks like a mummified child with blood on it.
2: When she does like the walkthrough of them all, everyone seemed to have that little kid in the corner. And when she painted it, she like threw the paint on it. or well, blood. And to me it just looked like she was trying to replicate something that she's seen she kept trying to really make this figure very bloody and the splatter very perfect and leaving little guts and stuff on the floor i mean it was weird
1: ugh some of it's really chunky oh god that's gross
2: yeah oh Dude, yeah it's
1: disgusting who has to clean this up you know she's covering the entire wall the entire like
2: at five um, minutes
1: ed- Yeah, at edges, the edges of the entire room of of the wall is being covered in what looks like guts of just blood guts, like creating some type of, I don't know, border of blood. And then on the wall, it says, with a sharp knife, cut deeply into the middle finger of your left hand, eat the pain. Continuing on with this video, it's her spreading the blood and it just seems out there and odd so the top comment is this is an art this is a ritual that's not an artist either that's a witch <laughs> and then another top comment i'm a nurse and then pouring that clumpy blood almost made me vomit she's not an artist this is a satanic ritual mm-hmm. so what does she say when people ask her about the spirit cooking so she responds with anybody who
3: wants can read my memoir and find out that my work is far away from satanism my work is really more about spirituality and not anything else i've been doing my work for so long and this is a misunderstanding okay
1: mm-hmm. all right she's been doing that for so long witches do that for so long too
2: yeah like a couple hundred <laughs> years or something
1: yeah you witch how long you've been alive for
2: it's all just really creepy I get that not all, all art is meant to be beautiful and positive. But I would say watching hers definitely gives me a satanic vibe. She's does. way too comfortable playing with blood.
1: It is. So we can all agree it's weird. Yeah. Very. Yeah. It gets a little weirder. So you know that uh, we were talking earlier, we were watching that video, that spirit cooking one. Me talking about the sharp knife quote. Mm -hmm. So uh, you remember John Podesta, who we talked about earlier, who was invited to do the spirit cooking with uh, Marina. You've seen the spirit cooking video. She spreads blood on the wall and uh, which reads with a sharp knife cut deeply into the middle finger of your left hand and eat the pain. So with that being said, uh, there's something interesting that we came across regarding John Podesta. So on September 25th, 2015, he tweeted a series of tweets in support of the Global Goals organization. With this Global Goals, it promotes 17 sustainable Global Goals adopted by the UN. So in this, John Podesta holds up his two hands. One of his hand reads the number 14 and the other one reads uh, is a fish on it, which is supposed to be his support. For the global goal number 14 of him protecting the oceans and the fish. Which I'm all for, right? It's good. But there's an odd coincidence. So if you zoom into his hands. His pinky is all scarred up. And his left hand has a band-aid on the middle finger. Which if you read with a sharp knife cut deeply into the middle finger of your left hand. Coincidence? There seems to be quite a bit, and they'll keep coming. Mm -hmm. That was just, you know, something we noticed. But uh, let's hop back onto John's brother, Tony, and talk about all the weird things that he's into, since he was the one initially invited to the dinner with Marina as well. So uh, who wants to start off and tell us a little bit about the weirdo Tony.
2: Alright, so he- Tony is married to a woman called Heather, and they are both obsessed with art. I mean, really obsessed with art. So their love for art would never fade as they continued to find more and more artists they fell in love with. One being a Dutch artist, Margie Gerling, who shows some r- uh, really interesting pictures. Um, I guess you can refer to it as, like, some genetic engineering. It was uneasy to look at. One is noted as having, I think I referenced it in a Disney episode, the boy who's being sewn from a sewing kit that's sewn a boob and has put it on. She's just in underwear. Yeah.
1: Dude, that is disgusting. That's not art. What the heck? No.
2: No. But this one, that's the first one in the second row is the one that's been seen in his house before.
1: Man, these are some disgusting artworks, pieces. I know. We're definitely on some type of, like, FBI watch list now. Thank you. I know, you're no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, to have some, I mean, it's weird. Weird art.
2: It is. And there is so many more, um... I looked at several artists that they claimed as being ones that they really liked, and they were all creepy people. Creepy artists, I should say. So, like I mentioned, they had a huge collection, and they rotated what was in there. But one of the pieces that always stays up is in Tony's living room. It's called Soliloquy 7, and it's an 8-foot-tall photo. It's a naked man, you guys. Eight foot tall, naked man in the living room.
1: Is it the photo of a dude from like laying in bed and it's the feet up and he's just got his dick out?
2: Yep, that's the one. Right in the <sighs> living room when you're eating dinner. Just a nice long.
1: All right. Yeah, that's weird. Super weird. All right. So we got Tony. Is there any other weird like Podesta paintings or anything?
3: Yeah. There was a publishing in the Washington Post titled Married with Artwork that dove into these claims and exposed the strange within the Podesta home. Any images of these paintings have been scrubbed off the internet until the last couple years. So th- we had a link for the Washington Post article, but all the images on that now are gone. But uh, both John and Tony have a weird interest in art like this. A lot are of young children naked. And then, you know, we have a found a video that someone you know shows most of these images
2: video the guy shows he had to blur a lot out but i'm talking about every piece of this house had not just painting it was photography photos of young and definitely girls under 18
1: how's that legal
2: it's not that's the thing so i mean right above his toilet he had a girl that was probably like 12 and she's completely naked.
3: So, you know, John Podesta had an image depicting cannibalism hung in his office. A a weirdo. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Podesta's home is filled with all of
1: these bizarre artworks. So what's the most creepy piece of artwork, Dan, that's there?
3: The creepiest one, I would have to say, is a statue in the likeness of a tortured victim of the serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer which hangs from the ceiling of Podesta's home.
1: Why would you want that in your home?
2: It's also headless. I don't know if you knew that.
3: Did not
1: know that. Mm. It's weird, right? The elites are into some weird things, right? I guess when you got so much money, you got to start getting into some weird stuff. This whole thing gets even weirder. I know we keep saying that, but it does. So we're going to roll into strange facts and findings. What a coincidence this is, okay? The FBI released a document completely out of the blue. Now, this document came out days after the WikiLeaks released the emails from Podesta that talked about the weird uh, pizza and all that weird shit. The FBI, just randomly, out of the blue, released a document that told everybody about pedophiles and the common symbols and phrases that they use and it matched up with the emails that were leaked and it's like is the fbi trying to tell us something i don't know that is so weird and what a coincidence
2: so i heard this theory and it made me start thinking what if this whole plot is to bring in more people to child pornography like it it essentially was a giant mass marketing scheme if you will like I think Dan even brought this up technically with Wayfair as being a using it to get more people to view what if you have a bunch of product and not enough people to sell it to
1: it's it's a way for them to say hey we need to get more people viewing it I could eh.
2: I mean it's a, throwing it out there is a, a thought to, to think about I mean I think it's mostly what we've been discussing but i mean i could see it being a way to like you could say you're looking for this go to this site and this product and then that you'll know you know the code so you know the rest of it i mean when we looked at those lamps it had minor in the
1: the url yeah yeah
2: so i'm sure that there is some sort of back door kind of like um
1: you're talking about lake city quiet pills
2: yeah Mm. that but for pedos
1: guaranteed there's some right now on the dark web
2: Well, I think they were also saying that so the FBI they're the ones who raid child molesters and stuff and people doing sex trafficking they know the avenues that they come in so they this person was alleging that they would be the biggest seller of kids because they know where to get all their product some sort of twisted way of advertising the FBI trying to make more money off of it
1: It kind of goes into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which kind of adds to that. So this Besta Pizza is the next thing I want to cover. Okay. So there's this place called Besta Pizza. It's a pizza place, just like Comet Ping Pong that we talked about. And it's actually two blocks down from Comet Ping Pong. Okay. So individuals that were investigating this Pizzagate stuff noticed that Besta Pizza's logo matched the pedophile logos that were in that FBI uh, document that was released. So shortly after discussing this on the investigation form, Besta Pizza just randomly changed the logo. And I have a picture of before and then after. And clearly that is the pedophile triangle that's in on itself, and then they changed it to just a triangle with some dots. So it made some people suspicious, right? So individuals wanted to find out who was the owner of Besta Pizza. So if you go online and you visit the DC Department of Consumer and Regulatory Affairs, you can do a search of businesses, and uh, you can do a business license verification search which shows a corporate name. Well, that corporate name attached to Best of Pizza came up as Uptown Pizza, Inc. The registered agent for Uptown Pizza, Inc. is Andrew Klein. So who is Andrew Klein? Well, here's the kicker. Are you guys ready for this shit? Ready. Andrew Klein is the Department of Justice's prosecution attorney in the Human Trafficking Prosecution Unit of the Department of Justice in the Civil Rights Division. He also provides U.S. Attorneys nationwide with training on prosecuting child trafficking cases. And you're telling me that this guy didn't know that his own Best of Pizza Company's logo wasn't from a child pedo logo. I mean, come on.
2: What a weird connection. Oh my gosh. Okay. If we had the time to dig into all these people who own different businesses, we would have the biggest spider web ever created in the pedal world. I mean, ain't nobody got time for this. We've been spending the whole month adding all these dots and crossing our Ts and dotting our what? Like, there are so many people with dirty hands. Yeah, pizza y hands.
1: So there's two things. Actually, there's probably three things. Number 1, he really likes pizza and he just wanted to make a pizza chain. Number 2, he's in on it. Comet Ping-Pong actually traffics children. Traffics children, right? Mm-hmm. Through some pizza thing or it could be drugs, you know, or it could be children, which is what it's looking like. And Besta Pizza is a part of it. And this Andrew Klein gives them tips and kind of steers away the investigation from them. Or number 3, Andrew Klein has created this best of pizza as kind of like an undercover operation to bust these child traffickers by making his own kind of like honeypotting them.
3: I was going to say, I was like, I'm going to give this guy a benefit of doubt. Maybe he was doing it to try to lure them in there, but the symbol on the sign and everything. But then once they released this document showing like, oh, we already know what these the pedophile logos and stuff are. He's kind of just like, well, shit, now I got to take it out of there. Cause if I leave it like that, they're gonna think, you know, that I might be part of it or some shit like that.
1: Yeah, he's like, "God damn it, guys, you fucked up my investigation." Yeah.
2: Four years I've been tossing this pizza in the in the air, and you just ruined it. Four years of investigation.
1: Well, it is weird, and there's a lot of a lot of theories we can come up with that. But th- there's one thing for certain: there is children being trafficked by certain government officials, without a doubt. For example, the 2009 Kundas dancing boy incident. Who wants to tell us about this?
3: All right, guys, let, let me tell you the official story. In 2009, DynCorp contractors paid a 17 year old Afghan Baki Bazi performer to entertain them in Kundas. Several Afghans were later arrested and investigated. It would be officially reported that the boy was dressed in jeans and a t shirt and performed a tribal dance, and no DynCorp employee would be prosecuted. So, that is the official story. But, according to some leaked emails from WikiLeaks, the official story is not true. This email we are about to read was sent directly to Hillary Clinton from Cheryl Mills, who is one of her most prominent lawyers. And based on the email, it appears the Washington Post was writing to Hillary Clinton and her team about an upcoming article on the DynCorp Afghanistan scandal. And it appears Mills and the rest of the team then engaged in damage control to hush parts of that upcoming article. So the following is said in this email. According to my reporting, the week of April 13th, the DynCorp regional commander from Kunduz allowed his men to hire a 15-year-old boy dancer to do tribal dances at a DynCorp party on the training site. Some 15 or so DynCorp employees in attendance pulled out a single chair and had the boy do mock lap dances. This was captured on video. The video shows DynCorp employees putting dollar bills in the boy's waistband. The revelry lasted about 45 minutes. That's
2: a lot of dancing.
1: That is a lot of dancing. That's sick, man. So the official story said he was 17. But what really happened is he was 15 years old. The cover-up just keeps going, too.
2: So uh, one of the players in this was the Afghan Minister of Interior, Hanif Atmar. He participated in this. He kept telling the State Department, which was basically Hillary Clinton at the time, to silence any news of this incident. Atmar reiterated his insistence that the U.S. try to quash any news article on the incident or circulation of a video connected with it. He continued to predict that publicity would endanger lives. He disclosed that he has arrested two Afghan police and nine other Afghans as part of an MOI investigation into the Afghans who f- facilitated this crime of purchasing a service from a child. So what does this mean, and why are we even mentioning it? Besides the fact that the details are, well, horrifying, apparently U.S. diplomats did in fact tell that Afghan minister to not worry. And the eventual story was in fact watered down greatly, galling this whole thing a tribal dance. Rather than a party where young boys go, wearing scanty women's clothes and dance seductively before being auctioned off to the highest bidder for sex. That tells you right there that there is some sort of child trafficking at this point. Like,
3: come on.
1: And, And it gets worse, too. So, do you all know the individual by the name of Laura Silsby?
3: No. I do not.
1: All right, let me tell you about her and this 2010 incident. So, on January 12th, 2010, there was a super bad earthquake in Haiti. You guys remember that? It was really bad. Yep. So, a couple weeks later, on January 29th of 2010, a group of 10 American Baptist missionaries from Idaho, who was a part of this New Life Children's Refuge, attempted to cross the Haiti-Dominican Republic border with 33 Haitian children most of whom were not orphans and they actually had families. This group of course was the New life Children's Refuge So these 10 American supposedly missionaries took these 33 kids are trying to cross over the Dominican Republic they're like, whoa, you need to hold on So they were all arrested and uh, incarcerated by Haiti and said uh, you were trying to traffic these 33 kids well, um, they weren't arrested for that long because former U.S. President Bill Clinton came in and said, hey, 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 uh, let me make a few phone calls, and nine of the ten missionaries were released except for the New Life Children's Refuge founder Laura Silsby. She remained incarcerated in Haiti. Okay, now keep that in mind. So let me tell you a little bit of something about uh, Alert Sense real quick. So AlertSense provides technology for issuing Amber Alerts, right? The things you get on your phone that blows up all the time. Guess who the VP of AlertSense is? Laura Silsby. What? Yeah. Okay.
2: Another connection to missing children.
1: Ugh. You think that blew your mind? Wait till you get to the next thing. Have you read this Breitbart thing I wrote down?
2: Yeah, I found him while I was researching as well, so I was glad that you put him on there.
1: All right, I haven't read this part, so blow my mind. Someone has to blow my mind now. All right, Anna, you want to blow his mind?
2: Yes, I'll do my best. So Andrew Breitbart was an American journalist and a commentator who was the founder of the Post and Breitbart. So he passed away in 2012 from a heart attack. So why are we mentioning him? Well, during all this Pizzagate investigation, a tweet from Andrew Breitbart had reemerged. Andrew tweeted on February 4th, 2011, How John Podesta isn't household name as world-class underage sex slave op cover-upper defending unspeakable dregs escapes me.
1: <laughs> he tweeted that in 2011. 2000 and he knew this shit was going on but there was something else i wanted to mention about this andrew breitbart was a video clip that we came across and this was right before he passed and he was at a convention and someone came up to andrew breitbart at this convention and wanted to interview him and this is what he said and we'll play that audio clip right now
4: this is a concerted effort this is a concerted effort politics of personal destruction fuck you, John Podesta. All right, well, you see where I'm coming from. Okay, yeah.
1: When I, when I talk, that's because I'm interested in this ongoing, whatever the hell they're doing. What's
4: in your closet, John Podesta? <laughs> big Podesta? Big Soros? Do you want us to play these games? Because we're playing to win.
1: What do you think of that?
2: I mean, he really didn't like him.
3: No.
1: No, he didn't. We're Soros. Man. All right. So let's let's roll into this last strange facts and findings and then we'll go into theories.
3: So there is another weird email in these leaks that individuals started to make connections with. This email was an exchange between Podesta and D.C. lobbyist Steve Elmendorf. So on February nine, two 2016, Podesta sent an email to the D.C. lobbyist Steve Elmendorf that said didn't think wet works meant pool parties at the vineyard. Steve replies, I'm all in. Sounds like it will be a bad night. We all need to buckle up and double down. Then four days after the email exchange took place on February 13, 2016, Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, Anthony Scalia, was found dead in his hotel room at the Cibolo Creek Ranch property. Emails sent throughout the Clinton campaign on the day Scalia's death was announced show the team debated on whether or not to address the issue and what should be said, if anything. Former U.S. Senate... Staffer Brent Podowski also emailed Podesta on the 13th, the day Scalia's body was found, suggesting a replacement for the late judge. And one last thing, where Scalia's body was found, Cibolo Creek Ranch property, there is a vineyard located on it, just like in the emails. Oh, also, you know, wet works is a common term used to describe murder or assassination.
1: What a coincidence, huh? Wow. What a coincidence. I'm all in. Sounds like it's going to be a bad night. So they said, didn't think wet works meant pool parties at the vineyard. I'm all in. Sounds like it'll be a bad night. We all need to buckle up and double down. And then just four days later, Anthony Scalia dies at the ranch property, which has a vineyard on it. Coincidence. This whole thing is full of coincidences, man. So that's just something for you guys to think about. Something for you to dig in even more. So, we're going to roll into theories now. So, Anna, do you want to start us off with theories? What do you got for us?
2: Yeah. So, I'm sure you guys are wondering why we haven't brought up Edgar Welsh. Honestly, I think he's a back burner topic for this whole thing. So, we're going to dig into him a little bit. So, he's the guy who stormed Comet Pizza with two guns and he had one in his car. He was reportedly doing it to... St- Go save the children or investigate the children.
1: Oh, okay. I was confused. So this is the guy that ran in. There was like reports of a guy, a gunman going into Comet Ping Pong with a gun and shooting, right?
2: Yeah, he basically just- this is him. Yeah, so this is the guy. Okay. He walked to the back and he fired one shot in the ground. Staff had asked people to leave. So, okay, guys, there's some honestly some strong evidence that this could have been staged. So, for one, there were already barricades up and tape. When he went in, it was, like, already set up, right? There was a news reporter already there when the news broke. Again, what are the chances? So then, if you look at the video, just like everything that they do, it's a grainy video. And you see Edgar in the middle of the street with his hands on his head, where they already have caution tape all the way down the road. Now, this is, like, happening just as it's gone down. And no other people are outside. And then this guy just standing in the middle of the street for this perfect visual of being arrested. So, I kind of did some digging on this Edgar Welsh. Okay. Well, Edgar Madison Welsh, Welsh is an actor.
0: Oh, Okay. I
2: know. So a month before this event, in Salisbury, which is the town he lived in, a man named Edgar Welch, who was also 28, hit and critically injured a 13-year-old boy. Again, a month before this event, no charges were made. They said that it was unclear what happened to cause the accident. They were being very vague with it. I, I would say that that's suspicious. Like, maybe... Let's, let's say he isn't a crisis actor and he did this and then they used this event of hurting the child to be like, well, if you be our scapegoat for the Pizzagate stuff, we're not going to charge you for that and we're going to take you into witness protection and just take care of all... You'll be taken care of. So that's not even the end of it. Okay. So then I learned that his father is Harry Welsh Jr. He's the owner of Forever Young Productions. He worked in broadcasting industry for over 25 years. Dozens of Harry's articles have been published in several national magazines and he's written over 35 screenplays. Some things he's a part of, he was elected president of the North Carolina Crime Stoppers Association. Uh, He served as executive director for Protected Child, a national nonprofit organization to prevent abuse and abduction of children. He was appointed by Governor Jim Martin of the Governor's Commission on Child Victimization. He served two terms uh, working for the Boy Scouts of America Council for North Carolina. They also have served as foster family to three different children. Him and his wife have both qualified as Boy Scout counselors and merit badge instructors. His family hosted a Brazilian exchange student for a year. And then he has served as a deacon of his church for 16 years. And he's been a Gideon since 1988. And he used to teach Sunday school for 20 years. Uh, He was selected Father of the Year at Neil Road Baptist Church in 1995. I mean, come on, this is a resume fit for the CIA pedo stuff. I mean, okay, another weird thing is that he produced a movie called The Mill. And the movies he produced were a bit off. One was very much like The Goonies, The Mermaid's Treasure. But then there was one that seemed a bit more satanic-y. And his son plays a role in that film. So he's given his son acting opportunities. Uh, if he is a crisis actor, he's got experience from his fa- his dad being in the industry for so many years. If you thought they couldn't get weirder, Carol fucking Baskin.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh. Did she come in the mix? Man,
2: if she did, that'd make it really great. But they probably did know each other because uh, there came a time that they watched two young tigers because they needed a temporary home. And this temporary arrangement lasted 15 years. So then that started a foster care program that included dozens of tigers, jaguars, leopards, servals, and a host of a ton of other exotic young. Terry would feed and take care of the young, that's his uh, wife, and Harry would feed and take care of the older ones. Terry would give tours to different school classes for their field trip. Oh, you want to hear something funny, too? He also lived in Haiti for a while.
1: Oh, my Uh, God. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, It's all connecting.
2: It is. I also found, it's just like sidetracked from that, but another weird thing is the traffic cameras that were facing Comet Ping Pong were moved, so you couldn't see any any of that... Uh, arrest of Edgar Welsh, just like we're not seeing any photos of Maxwell being arrested. We're not seeing anyone be arrested. OJ was plastered all over the news. You know what I mean? Like, they make a scene when someone famous is arrested and we haven't seen anything.
1: I think you're right that he hit that 13-year-old boy and they were like, look, we're going to make you a deal. You're going to be the scapegoat.
2: Go in and shoot one bullet into the ground away from everybody. Like, that was not even a threatening move. (sighs) Damn. Man, that guy has nothing to do with it. You guys just can throw his information in the trash. If anything, it'll link other people to them. But I had never even heard of the gunman until fairly recently. Because to me, that's like the wag the dog. You're trying to make me not think about the fact that you're shipping kids underneath those underground tunnels to people. Yeah. You ain't fooling me.
1: All right, so what else do you got? You got something here called Red Shoe Society. What is this? I've never heard of this.
2: Uh, So this is like, they say that the elite, the highest, the elite of the elite, wear red shoes, red leather shoes, and that they're Satanist. And... There's this picture of Tony Podesta with a bunch of other men, all men, and they all have red shoes and everyone's a super vibrant, but I did notice that Tony's are a bit faded. I just kind of was listening or I was learning about what they say. And some say that they're made from human skin, like human baby skin, Macaulay Culkin he went on record talking about the pedophile stuff and how he didn't get wrapped up in it really bad because he was a smart kid and he just didn't deal with their bullshit. but he did talk about that you learn really quickly what shoes made of human babies looks like, and they say it's the finest leather that you can make, and just when you've seen those shoes, you'll never ever forget it, and you know if someone's wearing them, they're not good. So I question if maybe these red shoes are involved with that. And there's a bunch of things to dig into with this, with people even indicating that the Wizard of Oz was a reference to the red shoes. Uh, they There is the Wicked Witch. Yeah, they say it's so that way if they get blood that drops on their shoes, it won't stain it and you won't see it. And we talked about Disney's little mermaid having to lay blood upon her feet to be able to become a mermaid again. Super creepy picture.
1: Yeah. Weird stuff. And that's on our Patreon weird episode. Weird connections.
2: There's some people that believe that when you become a part of this cult, this club, when they become a member of the Illuminati, they get a black eye. And if you see that, some believe that it means that they've been soul scalped, which we kind of talked about in a different episode, but it it's essentially taking their soul and replacing it with an evil one. Anyone that's important or has their own TV show has sold their soul to the devil, according to this person. And I did look, and there is a ton, a ton of celebrities that have had black eyes.
1: Hasn't even the Pope had one as well?
2: Yes, the Pope, uh, George Bush Jr., he had one for sure. I mean, Johnny Depp, Ben Affleck, I mean... Even Justin Bieber had a black eye and his was pretty bad.
1: Well, there's a rumor that we were talking about about Justin Bieber about how he was taken to a party with the elite and they told him to kill some toddler and he refused to. And then at that time is when the media started really attacking him. So they used the power of the media to like really shame him.
2: Which if they control the media, of course they would do so. Yeah. Obviously he was really big for his younger years became a huge hit sensation and he didn't really fall off he kept dipping his toe back in but he wasn't consistent and now he's kind of come back into the scene and he made this new song called yummy and some are speculating that he's actually kind of trying to expose the pedo ring with it and i watched the video and I hated the song because I hated hearing him say yummy, yummy over and over. It. I'm like, this is stupid, Bieber. You come up with some good hits sometimes, but this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, then I learned that yummy is a word that they use to talk about young kids. That's like a hot dog. It's in the list. Yeah. And in it, he's wearing a very bubblegum not bubblegum. It's even lighter than that. Like a pink uh, sweatshirt. He's, all, everything about him is pink. His hair is light pink, shorts, all shades of pink. And he's got this buffet of food. Surprisingly, I didn't see any pizza. And there's no obvious pizza references. But all of his guests are very eccentric, older people. And he's eating food. They're laughing. It's like a, a party, an event. But all the guests are older or very interestingly dressed.
1: Like the elite. Yes, mm.
2: so it it was it was very interesting. And then on top of that, he posted a bunch of pictures of kids with the hashtag "yummy" on his Twitter or Instagram. And it wasn't like I think for him it was exposing.
1: That's a James Elephantis type post.
2: Mm-hmm. You're right. It is. I mean, I hope Bieber is getting out of it. I heard a rumor that him and Selena might have been pregnant, and the elite killed the baby and that's why he went
1: rogue i did mention to you that last night i had a dream about selena gomez yes that i was just standing there and she walked past me and she was still like a celebrity or whatever in my dream and she took notice to me and she's like hey what's your name and she started talking to me and like in my dream she like fell for me which i was like that's very Mm -hmm. odd and she was like, "Hey, oh, you're you know, a handsome you could, man. You could come with me to my you know house, and I travel around, and I was like, "This is so like this is weird. it feels like a dream because why would she want me and then lo and behold, it was a dream, but if you're out there, Selena
2: <laughs> if only you could see him now,
3: yeah. I mean, you do look kind of like a older Justin Bieber. I don't mean to insult you like that,
1: <laughs> anyways, let's continue on." Okay, what's the last theory that we have?
2: So this may not be technically Pizzagate related or specific, but I wanted to add because I found this along the way. So there's this corporation called, or there's this project called the Florence Project. And it describes itself as a free service for unaccompanied migrant children entering the U.S., The Florence Project is a national leader in its field with nearly 20 years of experience and uh, specialized expertise in children's asylums, special immigration juvenile visas, and to protect survivors of crimes and trafficking. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good business taking care of kids.
1: Yeah, it does. What's wrong with that?
2: Well, let's look at their logo, why don't we?
1: Really? These people select the worst (laughs) logo. This is copy and paste off the FBI pedophile logo list. Why do they choose to use it? So what are is y'all's personal thoughts and theories about all this?
2: I think it goes along with everything we've been talking about. Uh, we, I mean, we probably could have started with this to really be the beginning of our whole month of talking about it. But honestly, it just further gives more evidence to back up that this has been going on for a while. We have a problem. And we must save the children. At the end of the day, they're still missing and something's happening. We got to find them.
1: Yeah, I agree right with you. There's there's definitely something going on. There is children being trafficked by high up elite individuals. I truly believe. And we presented this information to you guys at the end of like this whole month of weird sex trafficking stuff that we've covered. Uh, Is more information for you guys to go and look it up yourselves and verify all this stuff. It can't all be just a weird coincidence. At some point, it stops being a coincidence. So, like I always say, look it up yourselves, verify it, do your own investigation. We present you with the information and you form your own opinions.
2: Exactly. It's very interesting information to say the least.
1: Alright, so Dan, what is what is your personal thoughts behind all this? Corona. Corona.
3: Corona. Oh shit. Uh, my final thoughts on this, like I said, hands out, there's something fishy going on. Higher-ups are definitely involved and the fact that they are higher-ups, it is very difficult to fucking get them because they're protected. And the fact that they're all connected, no one's going to really do anything. With all this shit going on and then everything else going on in the world, nothing's really happening. Like, yeah, Maxwell, been arrested for the shit, but we still haven't heard anything. Like it's literally been quiet. So is everything just gonna die die down like Epstein? You know, as soon as he was found dead, it kind of just went done. I feel like it's. I feel like it's gonna happen again. That everything's just gonna go quiet. All this stuff with Pizzagate's just gonna fucking disappear again.
2: Cause people stop talking about it. Cause the news isn't talking about it. But we need to be talking about it as a society. And Doing whatever we can to make noise.
1: Yep, and today was Jeffrey Epstein's one-year anniversary of him dying.
2: Oh, you mean getting put in the witness protection program?
1: Yeah, exactly. Anyways, all right, so that's the end of today's episode of Pizzagate. I want to thank you all for joining us. So now we're going to roll into this week's on-the-scene report from Hans. Just like always, if you don't know what on the scene is, it is basically Hans, who's an individual, goes out and gets the public's opinion on the current happenings in the conspiracy world and interviews random people. So we're gonna play that right now.
5: Do you believe in conspiracy theories? Conspiracy theories? hmm It's damn Conspiracy. And it is? What about uh, child sex trafficking through Hollywood? You think that's real? Yeah. Yeah. What's what, what's so believable about it to you? Because it's Hollywood. It's Hollywood. Yeah, because all the drugs and the superstars and all this. Yeah, I believe there's, there's a lot of sex trafficking in California. What about UFOs, Tracy? No. What about Bigfoot? <laughs> what? Why don't you believe in Bigfoot? You mean Daryl? (laughs) Daryl? Oh, is that what you call him? First name, basis. You you gonna traffic me into sex, slave?
0: Uh,
5: Mommy, you gonna, you gonna, you gonna... You believe in Bigfoot? Hell yeah, I do. You believe in aliens? Uh, we can't be the only life forms out here.
4: (laughs) Okay. There's proof. Okay.
5: So what's what's good? We're not gonna be your sex slave. I don't want no damn sex slave. That's I, me. I take I take care of you. No, you ain't gotta take care of me. You just gotta give me some food, water, and place of shit.
4: Exactly.
5: You can you can whip the fuck out of me all day, beat me over the head with the dildo if you want. Exactly. I have to take care
4: of you. I have to
5: feed and water you. I have to take care of you. I'm really? Just be like, there's the fridge. Well, I wouldn't leave you loose so you can run away. Oh. Who said I'd run away. He has to be shackled in a damn basement. Yeah. (laughs)
1: What the fuck? Oh, my (laughs) God. The Mm. interviews get weirder and weirder each week, and I love them.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, That was good. She sounds like she's some fun. I get some shackles in the
3: basement.
1: Hans Hammer. Well, thank you, Hans, for this week's On the Scene. We love you, and we can't wait to hear from you for next week's Hans. On the scene.
2: Thank you, Hans. We know how much you love us saying that we love you. So guess what? We love you, love you, love you.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Love you, Hans. Hans, the reporter with the most below. Yeah.
1: All right. So now we're going to move into voicemails. So this week's voicemail is from AJ. It is a two-parter, and we're just going to play it back-to-back. So we'll play that right now.
6: Hey guys, it's AJ here from New South Wales, Australia, Western Sydney represent, just letting you know I love you guys, I listen to all your podcasts, you guys rock, um, yeah man, keep doing what you're doing, um, that Jeffrey Epstein episode that you just released, boom, blew my mind, yeah, give me a shout out, Oh. Hey, it's your boy AJ from uh, Australia, New South Wales, Western Sydney. Represent. I left a voicemail just before, but I just want to update it. How the fuck do you find the photos on your website? I can't fucking find them. Can somebody fucking tell me? I'm blowing up here. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I, I look every fucking where, and there's no fucking photos. And I really want to see that dead fuck Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, Fuck that guy. Um, Anna, you're hot. Um, Aaron, you're hot. And the Asian sensation, my nigga. You was hot as fuck too. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Show me them photos. Also, um, Bigfoot 2020. Uh, I'd love to see that. Big old Bigfoot dick on Jeffrey Epstein's fucking forehead, slapping that shit all over his dead fucking head. Fuck that guy. I want to see the photos. Love you guys. Woohoo! Fuck you.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you for the email, AJ. Um... Oh, do we? Shit. I'm pretty sure we posted those photos. Let me check. If not, it's my bad. Uh, Okay. No, I posted the documents. I'll have to post up a link for the photos. Uh, I'll post up a link for the photos, and uh, I'll shoot you an email, AJ, and we'll get that straightened out for you. But thank you for calling us. What do you call us, sexy? Uh,
2: hot. We're hot.
1: Hot? Oh, okay. Well, thank you.
2: Well, uh, he told me I'm Hot.
3: He just, he did say Aaron Hot too. Yeah. He
2: did. He did.
3: hemp for me um there's a little more stuff behind it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate the love. Um I know we all love Australians over here and I'm so actually quite amazed of our uh listener base from Australia.
1: 165 different countries around the world. We have listeners in. It's crazy, man. Thank you AJ for the voicemail. Yes, thank you. And we love you. Yes, much love. Alright. We love you. Go to the next voicemail, which is from David. We're going to play that right now.
7: Hey, y'all. This is David. Out here from Texas. I know, I mean, I'm assuming y'all from Texas is what y'all's website said, so that's pretty badass, you know. Texas forever. This is a very prideful state. And you know, that's just badass. It, I, no wonder why I took a liking to y'all so quickly because I, I just I had a feeling, you know, y'all were just amazing. You're just the best of the best, you know, Texans. I just I really don't know if y'all are from Texas, but it's nice that you're in Texas. I don't know, just a little spew right there. But I appreciate y'all. Y'all are actually the one podcast channel that got me into listening to podcasts. So thank y'all for that and thank y'all for everything y'all do. Y'all's y'all shows are badass. They're interesting, they're very informative, and pretty creative, I would think. And just keep doing what y'all are doing. Y'all are the best. I swear y'all are badass motherfuckers, each each and every one of y'all. And I wouldn't change a thing about this show. Just keep it up. God bless or whoever. May the universe bless y'all. May everything bless this show. Peace out, y'all.
1: I like that voicemail. That was that was a nice voicemail.
2: David, you gave me some chills blessing us like that.
3: Dude, at the very end there I thought I was like I was about to go into like a big fucking western shootout and we're like standing there and we're being blessed right before it. I don't know why I felt like that. <laughs>
1: I just checked the website whenever we were listening to your voicemail. It didn't say anything on the website that we are from Texas. I was from Texas.
3: I mean, you did say it on the podcast multiple times, though.
1: Yeah, I said it on the podcast multiple times. I'm from Texas. I was born in Texas, raised in Texas, but I'm now living in Maine. So, yeah. But thank you, David. I love you, and I'm proud of you that you're from Texas. And go drink a Lone Star if you're into that. Her lone stars are pretty good. Yeah, they are. All right.
2: Well, thank you, David. We appreciate the love and, um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say to him. Thank you, dude. We appreciate it. You're awesome.
1: So we'll go on to the next voicemail, which is from Romy. I believe that's how it's pronounced. If not, I apologize. And we will play that right now.
4: All right. I want to keep it short and simple. My name is Romy. I'm from Toronto. I uh, listen to you guys all the time, actually started like a few weeks ago, blew through all your stuff, just became a Patreon member, you guys are great, keep the content coming, I think it's well thought out, detailed, um, and the topics are just incredible. You guys are talking about things that not every conspiracy theorist out there is speaking of, and I just think, um, you know, obviously some of the comical stuff is there just to lighten the mood, and I think the balance is good, some other shows do it too often, um, and I do like the editing I absolutely love the sound effects the, the to set the mood or when you guys you do your cheers, the Montauk cheers and go back and just the editing is awesome. Uh, keep up the good work. Um, Y'all are fantastic and I'm looking forward to more episodes and just excited to see everything. Um, and Anna, good job on your pacing. And I will say this, that prior to the last few episodes, I thought sometimes your pacing was a little bit off or you might be disengaged at times, but that has come a long way. So kudos to you. Well done, guys. Well,
2: thank you. Man, every week I do strive to be a little better. So it's it's wonderful to hear that you can tell that I'm actually trying. Um, So that feedback that you guys give, I do take into account and I really do try to get to better myself because you are the ones that have to listen to this voice. So uh, thank you so, so much. That was a lot of love. I appreciate you. Romy, you rock. Stay lifted.
1: Love you, Romy. You sound like a person who would uh, be like, I don't know, some guy who works as an attorney.
2: I had the same vibe. A hundred percent. That's really weird.
1: He has good communication skills. A he plus does. for that, Romy. I love you and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for becoming an attorney.
2: <laughs> if you get that right, we're going to have a new segment on the show.
1: Aaron's predictions.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: Yes, yeah, much love. Thank you for the voicemail.
1: Oh, also, thank you for the Patreon support. It's always good. It helps us out tons. All right, moving on to the next voicemail, which is from Justin Yeti 2020 We'll play that one right now.
0: All right, first things first. Dan, you better say Arkansas correctly or I'm going to have Yeti find Bigfoot and dick him down. All right, now, more importantly... I just found out my wife has y'all's Patreon, so mad at her, but now I've got access to all your episodes and I was listening to your theories of the Thursday, Theories Thursday thing about Anna's, you know, virus and whether we're being grown. What if if you were to have a species need to figure out how to make themselves more resilient, the best way would be to create a species like them and then put them through all the history that they've been through. So what if the Illuminati is actually just their way of controlling how to get us to go through all the same things like, you know, Spanish flu and coronavirus and all these different illnesses to build resilience and figure out what little changes they need to make to themselves in order to be resilient to a virus they're going through on a different planet. And uh, just a thought, the world's a petri dish. And the Illuminati are the scientists. Uh, Enjoy listening to y'all. I've listened to all of them a ton. Eight seconds left. Y'all are awesome. Keep doing your thing.
2: That's a really good theory. I like
1: that. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for listening to us and for your support. Your wife is awesome. Uh, You'd be a lot cooler if you supported Bigfoot in 2020, you know? All right, all right, all right.
2: You know, I think that his theory has some sort of ground if you think about every hundred years we've had a flu or a really bad pandemic of some sort. And maybe that's the cycle that they have to wait for because that's the, let's say the average human doesn't live past a hundred. So you're now almost ensuring you're hitting the next generation by waiting a hundred years to release something.
1: God damn, you're so smart. That's why you're on this show, because you're so smart.
2: Well, that's help. That's Justin's help to bring me to that thought pattern, because that was a good theory. I like that. I love when you guys tell us what you're thinking, because that's just stuff that we don't. We can't have all these thoughts. We need you. So thank you. God, that was good. Thank you.
3: Yes, thank you.
1: All right. We'll go to this next voicemail. The title for it I put was weird. Okay. So, we're going to listen to that one right now.
6: Hello, Theories
0: of the Dirt Coin. My name is Also Noel. I'm using a voice blocker on behalf to protect my identity and my privacy.
1: I just want to say I love your stories, your theories, everything that you have to share. Please be aware that certain truths you have said are true. Keep your life safe. I'll be listening. I'm an ally. But I can't say much after this. And that's it. Oh, a little weird. It is. Yeah, I don't think that voice changer did anything. No. At uh, all.
2: I know. I agree.
1: But uh, thank you for the voicemail. I forgot his name already. I don't know. We'll call you Mysterious Guy. Call him Snowell.
2: A Soj Noel or something like that.
1: But thank you for the voicemail, Mysterious Man. Uh, Interesting voicemail. Glad you're an ally. And uh, I love you.
2: Yes, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Really cool. I'm glad you're looking
3: out for us. Yes. Definitely appreciate that. Much love, man.
1: So, this next voicemail is from Rick's Pit Stop. And we're going to play that right now.
8: Hey, guys. It's me, Thug Nugget, a.k.a. Rick's Pit Stop, a.k.a. Ricardo Ayon. Just want to let you guys know, uh, I've been listening to you guys... While I exercise and while I go jogging and uh, I have a hard time losing weight and being fit and listening to you guys on the podcast and checking out Patreon and stuff has really helped me to stay focused and I look forward to my jogs. I look forward to working out because I know that you three sons of bitches is going to be right there with me. I just want to say it. That I got so much love and respect for you guys. I love Anna. She's a great add-on. And uh, kneecaps, bitches.
1: Kneecaps. Kneecaps.
2: Kneecaps.
1: Hey, you want to know something, Ricardo? I know you're jogging right now, or I know you're working up a sweat. I know you're exercising, and I want to tell you that I'm proud of you, and I love you, and I want you to get down and give me two push-ups right now, please. One, two. Good job. I'm proud of you, and keep doing what you're doing. And I love you. That's right. And don't you ever give up. Okay. All right. That's my motivational speech to you. That was good. I like
3: it. I love it. I wanted to get down and do some push-ups, but unfortunately, my hand won't let me do that yet.
2: <clears throat> Blame it on the hand. Okay.
8: Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Well, definitely need caps, as always, with you, sir. I appreciate the love on Discord and always just checking in, seeing what's up. I know I've been crazy busy, so I apologize, guys, I've not been on the Discord, but it's just, I move in two days. After that, life will be calm. <laughs> as calm as it can be.
1: Alright, we got the last voicemail this week. It comes from Elizabeth, and we'll play that right now.
9: Hey guys, it's Elizabeth. I'm calling again to leave another voicemail. I was um, a little bit hesitant and nervous to leave the previous voicemail that I did as I don't usually talk very publicly about um, any experiences I have with the um, abnormal. I would say is probably the best way to say it is abnormal because it's anything that's not normal. Um, And so I have experienced... Numerous things happened in my life, um, and I hope one day to be able to go publicly with it. But a lot of it I cannot at the moment. Um, but I will talk to you a little bit about the some of the paranormal stuff. Um, one other, th- one thing I could tell you is that where I'm living currently, um, me and Dale are living currently. We have we are on a pathway from um, a spirit pathway that they have been taking for hundreds and hundreds of years back to the very beginning. Essentially, it's just um, I and I don't know. If there's a specific term for it, but I can't think of it at this moment, unfortunately. But it's like a pathway for spirits that they travel along, and um, it goes from our front door down our hallway turn the corner at our hallway, um, go into our bedroom, and it goes right over our bed, unfortunately, because of where we live. We can't move our bed, even though we should be. Um, And then it goes up and over a foothill that we have behind our um, residence. I have seen multiple um, apparitions along this footpath, and um, we've actually lived here for quite a few years now, less than 10, but more than five. And we, I have seen my fair number of um, apparitions since living here. Um, one of them was a man in a stove pot, like a stove top hat. Um, I think that's what they're referred to, like Lincoln style, almost like those kind of clothing and that kind of hat. And he was standing in the window and he waved at me. Um, another time, Dale actually heard. Um, He works uh, for a call center and on his microphone, in between calls, he heard, help me. Um, Another time, we had the door shut to one of our bedrooms. I was in there doing um, crafts and whatnot, and Dale was in there with me, and I had lit some sage. And I stupidly closed the door, and I say stupidly because the door started shaking off its hinges. Um, It never opened, but because it was so smoke-filled and whatever was in there didn't want to be in there with the stage, um, it actually shook off its doorknobs. I know a lot of this is hard to believe. Um, I don't ever go into any of this or telling anybody, even psychic mediums or other mediums or any other psychics or anybody that I tell, um, I don't ever anticipate or expect anybody to believe me it is completely not my judgment to tell you that what I'm telling you is the truth I don't believe in that I don't even expect Dale to believe me um he knows that he is well aware of that that if he does not believe me that is perfectly fine I simply know what I know is to be true and I have no way of proving it and I can only know what I experience and what I know so um, it is perfectly fine if nobody else believes me, it's perfectly fine. If you guys have a hard time believing me, Like I take no offense to it. I don't expect anybody to believe me. I just tell my story just to tell my story when I feel comfortable enough to tell it. Um, I will say one thing about our property. I did find out that um, at the one end of our property was actually an Indian... Um, Um, chief was buried there so we are on cursed land and we are trying to move (laughs) but um, yes it it is cursed land cursed building and we're in a spirit path so (laughs) definitely definitely on our life plan to move sooner than later but in in the meantime I will continue learning about the spirits that are transitioning through this property and learning about the land that we live on Again, I don't expect anyone to believe me. Um, I never do. I don't preach. I don't try to force my thoughts or anything on anybody else. And I'm not saying that you guys do. I'm just saying for me personally, I don't do it. Um, I just tell things because if I don't tell them, you know, then maybe somebody, maybe if I tell somebody my story, then they can have like, um, a connection to it just like how anna had a connection to the one i said last time about how you wear the different faces and i completely 100 percent agree with that because um i actually wear a mask ring as a small token of symbolization when i'm around my family that i have to wear a different mask um, and they can't see the real me and so I, I truly believe that each person that you come into can bring out different qualities within you And bring out a different face. So I completely agree with that. And how she connected with that is exactly why I tell things that I do say. Because somebody might have a connection to it. Or it might trigger a thought or whatever. I'm sorry that this is a little bit on the long side. I didn't intend it to be this way. I hope it makes sense. And I hope you enjoy it. And Dale says hi.
1: Wow. I've never heard of a thing called a spirit path. Before, but it makes sense, right? Yeah. Wow. You learn new things every day. Thank you, Elizabeth, for sharing your stories, for leaving a voicemail, and for being such a great wife to Dale. Yeah. Um, a lot of things to unpack from that voicemail. Uh, spirit paths, the burning of the sage, and the door shaking off its hinges. That's terrifying. Yeah. Indian chief buried. Terrifying.
2: I think it's good that you tell your stories because you, exactly what you said. You never know who needs to hear what you're saying. And sometimes it, it may sound crazy coming out of you, but really, there is always somebody who connects to your message. So I think, like, I'm a strong believer in spirits as well. So I don't question at all your experiences that you've had and i think it's awesome of you to be able to discuss them because i'm sure it brings up some fearful uh some scared thoughts some fear in you of what what you felt during those moments and um but it's good that you're trying to cleanse your space the best you can i mean being on cursed burial ground is never a good thing so I do recommend getting out of there as soon as you can, but just keep presenting yourselves as you are, as good spirits, and I'm sure that they're, you'll be safe.
1: Yeah, but thank you again for sharing your story. Um, I, I love it, you know? I love hearing them. Feel free, whenever you feel comfortable, to share some more. Feel free to give us a call and leave another voicemail as long as you want. I love hearing them. And uh, I love you and I'm proud of you.
3: Yeah. I mean, even if you don't want them to be on the show, we're more than happy to listen to them. We're like those people that you could just talk shit with.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And like you said, like, it's hard for you to, you know, tell your stories and all that. You know, I, I believe there's a lot of people out there like that, that have a hard time doing that. And, you know, and all it takes is one person to be able to come up, say something, tell their story, and then it starts a chain reaction more people come out and say their story. That's usually how it goes. So, you know, maybe you just gave, you know, someone else the strength to tell their stories that they've always held on to.
2: Yeah, that's good, Dan.
3: Definitely appreciate you calling in. Yeah. Much love.
2: Yes. We thank you. We love you and Dale too.
1: All right. So now we're moving on to ratings and reviews. All right. So the first review we have this week is from Chopper Hardtail. It is it was left it was left on June nineteenth. It is five stars with the subject line that reads "Critical Time of Podcast." They go on to say, "I have enjoyed this podcast in the past, and I believe it is a critical to gain support so that we can all enjoy it well into the future." Good job, guys and girls. We ex- we desperately need an alternative to the world events as of late. Y'all all are great at providing this. Keep it up. Well, thank you, Chopper Hardtail. I love you. And I'm glad we can provide you with that.
3: That's right. You rock. Yep. Much love. All right. So our next review is from Super Saiyans Wifey. Hell yeah. Left on June 19th from the U.S. Titled, Best Noise for My Ear Holes. I like to hear that. And they gave us five stars. Hello. My husband got me hooked on this podcast. I I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. You guys are awesome. Kissy face with a heart. Mm. So I'm listening to the podcast about the Malaysia airline flight. And one thing that has kept me thinking, thinking face, is the fact that no one has mentioned if the passengers made any calls. During 9-11, a lot of voicemails came to the surface from passengers. So I totally agree with Aaron's theory that they had to be abducted by the CIA and they must have managed to cut off all their phone functions because if... I was in that situation, such as an airplane hijacking, I would totally call my husband or mom to say goodbyes. Even if it wasn't an abduction from the CIA, why haven't the cell phone records of the passengers been spoken about? Anyways, keep up the awesomeness,
1: Hart. That's a good point. Making good points.
2: Yeah, I think that it could be along with that theory of that the pilot flew up and made everyone go unconscious uh, because his elevation went up really high. And then they wouldn't be able to call anybody if they just did it gradually. But I do, I like new suggestions, theories. I guess we didn't, we have to find any voicemails at all for that. So thank you for that.
3: Yes, much love. Get our brains thinking.
2: Oh yeah. So this next review comes in from Raven the Beast. Uh, Left on July, or sorry, June 20th. Five stars, titled Love the New Season. Hi guys, I'm loving the new season. I've listened to season 1 and although I enjoyed it a lot, you guys had room to grow. You guys are great at taking constructive criticism, and well, even just criticism. I can tell you really care about your listeners and that makes the show even better. Love the humor, the flow of the episodes, and the topics I appreciate all the research and work that is going into your episodes. And for the editing and stuff that I'm pretty sure Aaron does, thank you. Keep up the great work. Bigfoot 2020. Gracie.
1: Uh, Thank you for the five stars, but, and the compliment, but we share the workload, okay? It is shared. I don't do all the editing anymore, okay?
3: I think probably just means like the sound effects and stuff,
1: which you still do. Oh. Yeah. Because I don't know how to do I do, do it. the sound
3: effects, but...
2: I think we just thank started you. at that time, and yes, you were doing it. But we have all learned. But we all, Dan and I, have learned how to edit, so we could take that load off of Aaron because he was holding it for too long. We were teasing them balls too much. We had to release <laughs> it. <laughs> that
3: was a big load. That's right.
2: Yes. So thank you, Gracie. We love you.
1: Yes. Thank yes. You. Thank you. We love you. Much love. All right. This next review is from Digital. Digitally dirty. It was left on June twentieth. It is five stars of the subject line that reads, intriguing, in-depth, irresistible. I would subscribe if I were you. They go on to say, what can't I say about this podcast? Every segment, they bring it, whether current or archived, from factual to conspiracies. The presentations of their stories are my escape from this craziness. Remarkably tantalizing segments that, may I point out, is unobstructed by unwanted fillers. Corporate goons. To make one feel a part of their team, I say hats off to you. All great effing job. Thank you, Digitally Dirty. My gosh, that was a very well written review. That was very I'm proud of you. You did a good job on that review. A plus.
2: Wonderful. We love it. Thank you so much.
3: Dude, that was a great review. Definitely appreciate that. Much love, man.
2: Super well. Super well written.
3: All right, the next one we have is from Darblandia, left on June 20th from the U.S., titled, I Don't Review, exclamation mark, with five stars. But this show is awesome. I can't wait for each Thursday to give it a listen. Well done,
1: Bigfoot 2020. Well, hell yeah. Yeah. Bigfoot 2020.
2: He's going to win. I mean, he's got such a strong support. (sighs) That's right. Bigfoot.
3: I'd break my hand for that, man.
2: You already did.
3: Exactly.
2: Thank you so much. We appreciate that. The next one comes from December Love. Left on June 20th, five stars titled, You Had Me at Lodi, California. Oh my God, I was looking for a supernatural podcast that wasn't just one personal story after another. I wanted something descriptive and story-like with science and theory. Then I found you all i love your voices personality and humor i had to work on a saturday and you all helped me make the day move fast but then then i heard you get ready to travel to lodi california of all places w t a f that is my next door neighbor and practically home grounds of north california or northern california by the way if you want a great wine tasting trip Head to Lodi. No joke. Anyway, I'm in love with you guys and the postcard too. Keep the episodes coming. Winky face, heart face, Becky. Or heart face. Heart Becky. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Becky. I love you. You're so nice. You're so sweet. (sighs) Oh,
9: yeah.
2: Make us jealous with your California weather and I'd love some sun. We had a storm here today.
1: Dude, in Maine, it is friggin'. I've sweated more than I've ever sweated in my entire life up here. And I've lived in Texas. It's like 90 degrees every goddamn day. It is so damn hot. Nobody has AC. I'm like in a goddamn sauna up here.
3: The difference between Texas and I'd say some of the places on the East Coast is the humidity. Texas has a dry heat. Which is nice. But you get on the East Coast here, all that fucking humidity. It'd be 80 outside, but it feels like 100.
1: Yeah. Fucking blows. It sucks. But thank you, Becky. We love you. Yes. And I want you to know that. And I'm proud of you. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Is it me? It's you. All right. This next review is from Patty Welshman. And this is comes from Great Britain. It was left on June 20th. It is five stars with a subject line that reads, Conspiracy of the Best Kind. Ooh, I like that. They go on to say, Comedy, Conspiracy, and a Little Bit of Sauce. Thank you, Patty Welshman. I love you for that five star and that great review.
3: Yes, thank you. Thank
2: you very much.
3: All right. Our next one is from North Philly Star, left on June 22nd from the U.S., titled, Gets better and better with five stars. I started listening last year sometime. I had never really listened to podcasts before, so I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but your wild theories and jokes got me hooked. You guys have gotten better with your research, too. The cast works well together, and you have a great radio personality. Don't listen to the haters. Keep on keeping on. Thank you, North Philly.
2: Thank you so much. Appreciate the kind words.
3: That's right. Definitely definitely appreciate it. Much love, man. Much love.
2: Alright. So this review comes from and girl, I always wonder how to say your name when I see you on Patreon. Uh Camshin. Camchini?
1: Camshne. Is she on right now?
2: She is normally on the uh Let
1: me see if she's on. I won't
3: see her name on. She's
1: there.
2: on Discord.
3: Did she change
1: her name?
2: I think it's different on Discord.
1: You want me to tag everybody? Is there a inside inside? <laughs> Paging Kamshni! Paging Kamshni! How do
3: we say your name?
2: <laughs> she always leaves us really nice things on our Patreon. So she wrote, Strokes my pineal gland so hard. Five stars.
9: Oof. Nice.
2: Writing this review has been long overdue for me. I started listening about 10 episodes in the last season when I was browsing for something new and interesting to dive into. I thought it was a fluke that it was so good. It was better than Bigfoot's kneecaps. (laughs) I like that. Oh, God. I listened to another episode, then another. I I found myself going back and listening to all the episodes I'd missed, then salivating like Pavlov's pup for the next week's transmission. This is by far my favorite podcast. Aaron, Danielson, and Anna share their research and opinions in a way that isn't condescending and doesn't make me feel like I need a PhD to follow along either. It feels like I'm having a conversation, not being coerced or brainwashed. The theories are believable and backed up with good support but are still thought-provoking enough to make you second-guess what you think you already know. In a good way. They're entertaining, too. They don't just throw uninspired words at your earholes. You can tell they love putting on the show, and really appreciate the listeners and supporters. It makes the show feel personal and intimate. I've found myself looking at the world around me in a totally different way, From the moon and the stars to my dreams when I sleep. Also, Anna is an awesome addition to the show this season. She slid right in, and sometimes goes deeper than anybody could, penetrating my brain till I feel more pleasure than pain. Winky face. Give these three a chance. I promise it's okay to take off your tinfoil hat now. Thumbs up emoji.
1: I liked that review. That was a really uh, good review.
2: So, you know, it was worth the wait. It it came at the perfect time. I remember reading that back when we uh, first got kicked off for the season. And it just made me so happy. So thoughtful. You put so much into it. We really appreciate it. And you always have really good things to say on, on Patreon, too. Uh, so we definitely see those messages. Uh, honestly. You're a good soul. I appreciate your kindness. And I hope you still love us the same as you did. Oh, my God. Is it two months ago? Almost
1: Almost two months ago. Oh,
2: my gosh.
1: Yeah. It's crazy, huh?
2: It is. Time flies, guys. But thank you. I love you. You're amazing. Stay lifted.
1: I love you. And don't you forget that. And thank you for the five stars and for the kind words. Yes. Thank you for the
3: kind words. That review was amazing. Much love. Much, much love.
1: All right. So now we're going to go to the last review this week, and it is from N.R. Carl left on June 24th. It is five stars, a subject line that reads, great podcast. They go on to say, I just started listening to find a way to kill about 11 hours a day at work because I can't stand all the sheep I work with. But I really liked the show, so I just continued listening. I'm almost caught up and I can't wait to see what are the topics you guys discuss. Well, thank you, NR Carl. And you know what? Way to stick it to the corporate man by listening to us while at work.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I support that and I back it up. And I tell you what, if any of your bosses have a problem with it, tell them to contact me, Aaron at theories of the third Or if you need a permission slip to listen to us or you need something, just email me. I'll sign uh, your name. And then put is it can listen to podcast on work hours and then (laughs) sign my name and I'll send it to you so you can give it to your boss. You think I'm joking. I really will do that. I think we should. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you for that. And I love you. And
3: yeah. Yeah. Stick to the man. Those were some
1: good reviews tonight.
2: It was. Yeah. Thank you guys this week. Those were really awesome.
1: All right. So now we're going to go to shout outs and I got a couple I'm going to do from Instagram. First one is from Casey N. I wanted to shout them out. They uh, sent a message saying that they appreciated us a ton and we should start discussing and digging into PizzaGate. Well, Casey, your wish is our command. There you go. Um, also, I got a message from crystal on Instagram who said that she loves our show and tell Tells everybody about us. And she said, for your info, you should say the name of your show more. I accidentally stumbled upon it, and I had no idea what you were called. And it took me over a month to find you guys and girl again. So, theories of the third kind. Theories of the third kind. <laughs> theories of the third kind. I'm just going to start randomly insert Theories of the third kind. The- <laughs> Let's see what else. I wanted to shout out saddle tramp brand uh i know two weeks ago she started listening to us and immediately signed up for patreon and created some uh put some stories up on our instagram that featured us talking and uh, we got quite a bit of followers from that on instagram and i really appreciate it and spreading the word spreading the gospel of theories of the third kind and i love you for that i appreciate you and i'm going to send you a message so be on the lookout Um, oh and also one last shout out I wanted to give everyone on Instagram a shout out who's followed us here lately Uh, we just hit 4,000 followers on Instagram which is awesome so kudos to all you guys you are amazing and girls and aliens and reptilians that follow us on Instagram you are all amazing and I love you all and that's the end of my Instagram shout outs boom so what about Twitter
2: oh Twitter Twitter so I have a A shout out for Larry Bird
1: on... Larry Bird. basketball player?
2: No, it's not. Oh, you, got, oh, you don't kind of get your hopes up. Hopes up.
1: I was about to say, goddamn. I know. We're getting celebrities listening to us.
2: With an I, not a Y. Uh, he wrote, I just listened to your Black Lives Matter speech, which was an all lives matter speech, and it was extremely powerful, Anna. I had goosebumps. I could feel the passion, my dear. Peace sign. Keep up the good work. You're a beacon of light, rainbow star. I, I messaged him back, of course, but that, that really did make my day. Um, it really stuck out to me, him calling me a beacon of light. That was very personal, super awesome. Thank you, Larry. Um, and he just like flew in there out of nowhere. I've never seen him before on Twitter. Comes in with the sweet words like that.
1: That's how you sweep her off her feet. It's Ooh.
2: true. It's already working.
3: Wait till she's not looking. Sneak into her house. Sweep her right off her- Oh, never mind.
2: <laughs> I'll shout out Wizard Life Studios, Bren Lee. Thank you. Great episode. Uh, that's what she commented. Uh, Casey, Thunder Wolf Drew said, "Great podcast, guys." Listening to the Epstein episode and Lairnix, Lair Lairnix pronounce the last part like lynx. It should be like nix. Larynx. I don't remember us messing that up but we must have. I must have. I think she, I must have messed Sorry up. to be that guy. I'm enjoying it otherwise. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Budalicious Snoopy told me his horses all have mustaches which I just recently learned that horses have mustaches. Tell me how many of y'all knew that. Because I never heard it, and it's a Mandela effect. Go look up horses with mustaches. It's been a thing. It blew my mind.
1: Dude, I never knew horses could grow mustaches.
2: I, and people are talking about like it's a normal thing. 25 interesting mustaches on horses. Not once in my life have I seen a mustache on a horse. And to yesterday, I had my mind open to some new Mandela effects. and. That one really
1: shocked me. What the fuck? I've never in my life seen it either. This is blowing my mind. What have you done to me? How am I going to be able to sleep tonight? My life's been an entire lie.
2: Dude, I got one on the Hunger Games that really surprised me too. Like literally brought me to tears of like... I'm a, a not sad crier. The way that when I get overwhelmed with any sort of energy stimulus... I tend to cry. Happy tears, sad tears. I'm proud of that person. Tears. It's just that's the way it happens. And my, I, I don't know if I had like a realization that, holy shit, I, I'm not the person I was before. If that, if I remember this movie differently, then that means that this person sitting here right now, me, me, me right now talking to you is different than the person who watched that movie the first time.
1: I'm still shocked that horses have mustaches.
2: I know. Go look it up, you I'm guys. I'm sitting here
1: looking at them on DuckDuckGo images.
3: They have majestic fucking mustaches.
2: They do. I'm shocked. So last week, when I talked about, we had somebody who wrote us a story, talking about a paper or a book she had read regarding Epstein. Lo and behold, she came out the woods, and she well, it's not really woods. It was she was on Discord, and it's Lizzie B. She wrote that uh, she was writing an essay for college and came across this. Uh, They were writing about, quote, reading Lolita in in Tehran by Azar Nafisi. And Lolita is the title of the book that is discussed by Nafisi in her book. Okay, so here's where it gets interesting. This book, Lolita, was written in 1955 by Vladimir Nabokov. It's about a man who becomes obsessed with a 12-year-old girl, who he secretly refers to as Lolita. His obsession turns into bribes in exchange for sex. So she said when Epstein was arrested, she noticed the name of the plane was Lolita Express, and it made her think about the whole book or the whole story again. So. I, I appreciate you reaching out because I wanted to give you a proper shout out before. So thank you for that. Um, I'll also shout out. Um, girl, I'm, you got a lot of double letters. So I apologize if I say your name wrong. But Marive, I want to shout you out. I appreciate you reaching out. Your painting by numbers is amazing. Uh, can't wait to catch up and talk with you. Devachu, you're awesome as well. White Rabbit. You know, I haven't shouted out Benji in a while. So Benji, hope you're doing well, my friend. Uh, Slickers, thank you for the conversation. Sorry it took me so long to get back to you. Hunter, hope you're doing well. Uh, That was not the Hunter that I thought it was in the voicemails last week. He informed me, but sorry for messing that up. Other Hunter number two. And all y'all on Twitter. Everyone on Discord, I just love the family aspect that this has created. I do think we need to start a sex orgy uh, cult tab because we got some hot and steamy gift battles going at some time. <clears throat>
1: mm, I like that. But yeah,
2: it's been awesome. This whole, this has all been great. Dan, you got anybody for
3: us? Yeah, I got a couple people. You know, uh, out of Jacob, Leslie, Chris, you got Hans, of course, Hans, uh, then you got Rick, you know, bunch of people on Facebook. Then, uh, of course I have to say, you know, Jake farm, he called me out on discord. He's like, you better not shit talk about me being quiet on the next episode. He has, he has been very active on discord, sends me lots of stuff on Facebook. So I can't say he's being quiet. But yeah, like, Leslie, you know, she said, like, started listening to the podcast not too long ago and have really recently caught up. Want to know if y'all planned on going more in-depth on Hitler. And I heard a theory years ago saying that he escaped using a time machine he had. wonder if y'all have any theory on where it led to.
1: I think we may save that for, uh, I think we got the Nazi space program episode coming up on uh, Patreon. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's it for Facebook.
2: I. Don't know how I almost forgot someone who has smitten me. Whew, Sidney Lee. Yeah, you stop what you're doing right now. You go ahead, and you just turn the dial in to Anna Central. You are coming with me on my Montauk chair, and I'm gonna show you the proper way to ride that chair. I mean, you could talk to your man, you could bring him along, but really. This invite's for you. So you bring your fine ass over to my chair, and I'll show you a good time. But honestly, I've loved the conversation and felt the love. It's made me super happy. You guys are great. All of you, amazing. Tanya, keep yourself going. Um, yeah, you guys all make my day. So thank you so much. Sydney Lee, call me.
3: I feel, like, I feel like I'm gonna have to take that Vibrating uh, massager out of the chair for now.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: No, that's my secret weapon. Don't you dare take that out.
1: All right. Also, I wanted to shout out our Discord. It is poppin'. Also, I know we get random messages and emails asking for the Discord link, but it is a Patreon exclusive perk. So, it's just one of those things where you become a Patreon member and you... You know, you get an extra episode each week, access to all previous Patreon episodes, and access to the Discord. So sign up, become a part of the family, give your blood oath, and then you can join our Discord server and have conversations with everyone. And it's really fun, and it's great, and I think it's a good deal. It's an amazing
2: deal. And literally, you just go to Discord or get the app. Create an account. You'll get a uh, your name with four numbers afterwards. Make sure you send it on Patreon. You could send a personal message or in the... We'll get you in there. Invite from one of us and then the special party pass.
1: Yeah, the after party. Make sure you wear your red slippers. So with that being said, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And again, thank you for your support. You are amazing, every single one of you. So Dan and Anna. You want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts.
2: Because you're not alone.